Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Good morning, everybody. Wow. I am sitting in this old boathouse, staring out at this beautiful lake. It is mirror calm out. Small skim of some uh, pollen or something. In the northern Michigan air, just on the surface, there's a nice, beautiful mallard sitting on the dock that we all put in the other day. And uh, yeah, the sun is blazing into my eyes right now, but that's okay. I'm going to just bear with it. It'll be part of the content, I guess. But wow, what a week. My old bones are exhausted. I am... uh, Feeling my age a little bit, but not too bad, to tell you the truth. It's, uh, it's been pretty good. we got a great team of people up here. Uh, everybody's pretty enthusiastic. The new staff are starting to sort of come out of their shell. and uh, I think we're going to have one heck of, a, heck of a summer. We still have about 10 or 12 days before our opening point where we will have guests in here and be teaching sailing and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, so I just want to do a bit of a pod about a few different things. There's been some pretty heavy stuff going on in my life and a lot of workload stuff, but I definitely want to keep the podcast going and keep it all moving forward. And I do have some pretty interesting people I'm going to be sitting down with uh, pretty soon here. So I'm Definitely excited about that, and you all should be too. Some different sort of content for sure, uh, but being at this place definitely allows me some access to, I don't know, just other things, um, you know, outside of always sailing, always sailing. It's it's going to be pretty cool. So before we start this show, like I always say, if you want to become one of the patrons Oh, the family of patrons that are so wonderful and help support and keep this thing going. You can follow the link in the description and think about signing up for that. We still have the merch line with the new the new graphics and the two new shirts, both uh, for light-colored shirts and dark-colored ones, thanks to the guys over at Sail Junkie. Check out their webpage, sailjunkie.com. And last but not least, if you want to reach out to the show, sailingintooblivion.com, follow the podcast link there and contact the show. And then boom, that comes right to me and I read them. And I will try my best to be diligent in replying and uh, reaching back out. And actually, that's going to be, I think, the first subject. I had a really interesting, very late night because I was getting these emails from, I believe, the West Coast. Uh, and we talked a little bit about this voyage. Josh, Josh Wright Sailing, I think it is on Instagram. And he essentially took off on I be- what I believe is his first offshore ocean passage. And it's from like L.A. or somewhere on the West Coast out to Hawaii. And it was pretty windy. It was pretty rough. There were, uh, you know, he had, he, had, he had decent wind. Definitely would have built up some serious seas. And I think things began to get worse and worse and the boat started to sort of show its 
Uh, I don't want to say vulnerabilities because uh, it's kind of an older boat, I believe. I wish I had my computer with me. Um, that would have been nice, but uh, I will put a link in the description so that you can uh, follow his progress on, on the predict wind map and everything. But essentially, uh, it things, I think, started to deteriorate about a week or so out. And that's when I got the first email uh, asking for sort of advice and you know, what can be done, um, because Josh was basically out there, and when things start to get rough, and the boat isn't doing what you want it to, I think one of the issues was the self-steering, he has a Cape Horn unit on there, and I know those have a pretty good reputation, I've never used one myself, but uh, it wasn't working all that well to go straight downwind, or even really, you know, broad reaching, and one of the troubles when when the boat is not behaving well, you find that you just, you know, you don't trust it. You don't trust it enough to go down and get a couple hours of sleep. You don't trust it uh, for even 10 minutes, really, because especially sailing off the wind, the worst fear is, you know, you get a crash jive or something like that. And I think that happened a few times. <clears throat> and, you know, that's enough to rattle any skipper. Uh, it's not going to make for a very pleasant situation Uh as far as the confidence goes. And so you start losing more and more sleep and it can become sort of a, a, you know, the snowball effect as far as the overall mental and um, physical wellness out there at sea. You know, you have to be able to get those couple of hours of sleep and you have to be able to do that every single day. But a lot of times those conditions, they just do not want to give it to you. And you kind of have to grin and bear it and get through it, but there are also other alternatives, um, i.e. going and heaving to, you know, lying a haul, which I've never really tried that one, but I am going to try it next time I'm out just to see how it works, you know, because every boat is a little bit different. Some things work on some boats, some things work better on other boats. Um, there's, there's a multitude of ways to calm a boat down in almost any sort of sea state, and when they reached out, his his lovely girlfriend had said, you know, is there anything you can do? Can you give us a little bit of advice? You know, it's getting pretty bad out there, and he's not sleeping. And <clears throat> this was all like, at, I don't know, midnight or something like that. But, you know, the phone dings. You got to check it, I guess. And oh, luckily, uh, yeah, my advice essentially was just to, just to hove to, don't worry about getting to the destination, don't worry about aiming at the destination. Now, he's essentially halfway across, so he's out in the middle of nowhere. He's, you know, a thousand miles from land in almost any direction. And, yeah, if you've got to spend a day or two hove to and making the boat a little more comfortable, making it so that it's, you can be confident that nothing's going to happen bad, uh, as far as jibing or doing any damage to the boat, then then do that, and you'll be able to get some sleep, which is key. Because once you do, I mean, I've, I've had those times out there where you don't sleep for like over a day. And I know at 24 hours, I'm already sort of like discombobulated. You take me to 36 hours, and I'm starting to really get, uh, I'd say, loopy. <clears throat> the most I've ever stayed up out at sea would probably be, oh, I don't think I've ever made it to two days solid without a single minute of sleep. 
but I've I've gotten to the point where day after day it's it's just you know an hour here or an hour there, and man oh man that sucks. It really is difficult, and when when you think you know the worst is when you think oh okay cool I can finally get some sleep, and then something happens, and now you got to be back up, and all you want to do is sleep. Ah, oh. there's like no that's when it it essentially starts to feel like a prison sentence out there. Um, and it's not, not an enjoyable thing at all, but more importantly, it starts to really send you into sort of the state of mind that you don't want to be in where you kind of almost are losing control of your, your thoughts and things. So rather than deep dive into that, I I do want to say, then you got to make some choices. And the choice was, you know, go ahead and hove to, settle the boat down, get some sleep. You even get like two hours, maybe even three. That is going to reset everything in your head. It's going to make you feel better. And then you'll be able to sort of get on with the day and be able to make the right sort of choices and look at the situation you're in in a whole new light. It won't be this terrible, awful thing that's going on all around you and, and you know, Oh, it's just so bad and horrible and all this. And um, you'll start to just look at it for what it is, a situation that is not that fun, and you're going to have to come up with solutions, but it's only going to last for a little while. Very, very smart, smart man, the, uh, the owner of the Bitter End Yacht Club, once told me before I left on the trip around the world, you know, don't ever worry too hard because the winds will always change. And he's so right. And when you think about that, and I, I know I've talked about this long ago, but when you really think about that, it essentially means that, yeah, the situation you're in might be horrible, but there is going to be a finish line to it. A change will come as long as you can make it to that point. And that has helped me get through many, many situations, whether it be you know storms at sea or calms at sea, where... You know that the wind will eventually pick up, so you might as well not focus on the fact that, oh, this wind seems like it never will, but it will, and you sort of get on with it and keep your mind occupied, do whatever you have to do to sort of keep moving, and then, you know, eventually it does change, and then you're like, oh, holy cow, I can't believe I was freaking out for so long, and that really is uh, sort of a, a good trick, a good mental little exercise to sort of get yourself to, you know, not thinking of the whole voyage, the whole challenge, everything that you're going to have to go through uh, to get to that point. You just think, oh, okay, well, instead of worrying about the next two weeks that it's going to take me to get to my destination, let's just focus on this little point right here. Let's focus on this little calm patch that we're in, or let's focus on this, this ugly little gale that's it's ravaging my little boat and making life so miserable and we're going to get through it and we're going to, you know, eventually get to a point where the winds calm down or the winds pick up and whoo-hoo, we're off and running and we can start to enjoy it. Now, the nice part is after, after a bit of sleep, it seemed like the winds and everything started to ease off a bit and Josh was now kind of entering a much more forgiving and lovely world and all of a sudden the posts that he was putting out each day or or a couple times a day 
were a whole like like night and day from from being in this miserable state with all these waves and not being able to control the boat to all of a sudden like oh how beautiful it is out here and a lovely sunset for the first time and then starry nights and all that sort of stuff and you know i think he ended up getting becalmed and everything and at first after heavy weather, being becalmed can be pretty darn nice. Like, you look out and you're like, yes, this is what I wanted. This is great. And then, you know, that goes on for a little too long. And you start griping about that. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. It's kind of weird where it's so rarely ever absolutely perfect that it's Typically, you know, oh, the wind could be just a little stronger or just a little less. Uh, sailors are, are, are not often always happy uh, when it comes to whatever weather conditions they are dealing with. So you have to keep that in mind that it's not about you. It's about the ocean. It's about you dealing with what's going on on the ocean as well. So I don't know. It's kind of a funny situation uh, in in many ways. But yeah, now I think, um, you know, he's dealing with some squally weather, but overall things are going better and he is back on track and headed towards Hawaii probably 10 days or more out. Um, So he still has time to get out there and enjoy it. I mean, the worst situation is that you go and you do one of these trips and, you know, you, you have bad weather or not the kind of weather you were expecting and things go south and you're just like, oh, this has been awful. And you get to Hawaii, you put the for sale sign on the boat and that's it. And, you know, I wouldn't say that's the worst case scenario. I'd say the worst case scenario is that you think about all those things before you leave and then you don't end up leaving. Because at least in the end, if you get out there, you've done the voyage, you've done the passage, you have that experience uh, that you'll take with you for the rest of your life. And hey, if it's not If it's not pun intended, what floats your boat, then, hey, you know, move on. Like my buddy Murph always says, you know, if you don't like what you got going on, change it. (laughs) It's as simple as that. And so, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's crazy. I wish Josh the best of luck out there for the remainder of his voyage. Hopefully he will find some absolutely beautiful uh, perfect conditions that uh, will awe, will shock and awe him into falling back in love with sailing. Uh, and he'll just love it. And he'll get out to Hawaii. And who knows? Maybe he'll uh, just keep on going around the world. You never know. It's a funny, funny thing the old, the old sailing does to people sometimes. It gets its hooks in you. And man, oh man, the fact that the world becomes the entire world can become your destination when you're out there um is pretty neat and it's pretty unique not a lot of you know you can't slap on a pair of skis and head out on the slopes and then be like boy i could go anywhere in the world on these things look pretty funny trying to ski down i-75 in the middle of summer oh it's early folks it's early but i have had my coffee and man this view is just stupendous the Sun is almost hitting the the ceiling here, and uh, I can't wait because it is blinding me, and I do not have my sunglasses. But yeah, work continues. I've got a, a big day again today. We're going to put our ensigns in the water, the Pearson Ensign. Oh, I love those little boats. 22 feet long, I believe, or 21 and a half, something like that. Really, really nice, huge cockpits. 
teak interior, uh, very easy to sail. We use them for teaching the beginners and then also go on to like advanced stuff and spinnakers and all that. It really is, uh, I think, a great boat because you can fit so many people comfortably in them. And just if out there for a day or you're doing a night sail under the full moon, oh, it's just, I don't know, it's comfortable. It's pretty much a dry boat. They sail really well. Um, I've only sailed them on small lakes. I've never obviously taken them on like an ocean or anything like that, but they're they're pretty cool. And uh, yeah, we always had one when I was a kid. I just never, I never ever had any interest in it. The, the nearest thing I tried to do was swim out to it and back from the dock. And uh <laughs> Back when you're little, those little feet seem like such such huge uh, accomplishments. Pretty pretty funny stuff. But we're gonna be getting those in. We got all these Hobie cats that need to get tuned up and everything. But that's uh, neither here nor there. My time at Bitter End. I'm pretty sure if they dropped off a box with a parted out Hobie getaway, I could essentially blindfold myself and put the thing together. Probably take a while, but man, down at Bitter End, we had to mod podge those suckers together so many times because those boats were taking a beating. I mean, 10 and a half month season, trade wind sailing, getting used all the time. Oh, what a blast that place was. Uh, I hope to see it again someday at uh, the old Bitter End. Bitter End's kind of like sailing, gets its hooks in you, and you tend to think about it quite, a, quite often when you're not there, and... Man, it's going to be nice to see their new setup and uh, watch how that resort grows and, and get back up, to, uh, back up to a place where people can come and stay for a week and have nautical adventures aplenty. They can go and see Captain Kinto. Shout out, Captain Kinto. I love you, bud. Ah, Captain Michael. Holy cow. Those guys, I, you know, there's some times where I see some pictures and they set you off into a whole whole chain of thoughts and memories and all that sort of stuff and uh yes good times and that's kind of one of the things that's going on here as well because now a bunch of the rest of the staff are here from other parts of this this resort that I'm in and just these memories are flooding in I mean right now where I'm sitting in this little boathouse with this rickety old table that's got people's names on it going back all the way to the 70s and it's beautiful. It's clean. We get the life jackets. I get the lake and the, the view. And I actually have a picture of this place. Uh, this little table that I'm sitting at with these chairs around it. I have that on Sparrow and I look at it often and it always brings me back. I mean, this is where I cut my teeth on the old sailing thing. And, you know, I, I knew how to sail a Hobie 16 before I got here. And then I learned how to sail just about anything else 20-something feet and under when I was here. Uh, more importantly, I got to you know, teach other people, which is one of the best ways to learn yourself. And then slowly evolved into um, teaching other people to teach how to sail and rescue people and all that sort of stuff. And that really became, I guess, my forte or at least my... My peak interest uh, when it came to working with water sports centers and sailing schools, it really is, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's a fun time. I know it's a young man's game and I'm, I'm, I'm that big jug of milk that's like a day over the expiration date that you're sort of like, nah, it smells fine, <laughs> but you know you're uh, dancing with the devil, uh, so to speak, when you, when you try and uh, run with the, the young bucks. 
So I'm having to do my old man exodus pretty early in the evening, uh, that sort of thing. But that's okay, you know. I'm just happy to be part of the crew at this point. And, um, yeah, it's been fun. It's uh, my, my call sign has been, has been switched from Zookeeper to uh, Yoda, which is kind of neat because I'm not really in charge. Uh, and, and that's good. That's a really good thing, I think. And it's... A, it's um, yeah, it's been it's been nice to just impart wisdom, do some of the special stuff that I can do, but mostly sort of uh, teach and 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 just help help the program. You know, like those old time, you know, the baseball players that get interviewed. Well, I'm just trying to help the club, <laughs> stay humble, keep the ego in check, all that sort of stuff. Because really, it is. It's all about the team, and it's about uh, whatever I can bring to the table. Uh, and impart, you know, whatever wisdom I've gained uh, from all the experience, all the years. Plus, you know, it's one of those things, too, where I had my glory days, and I'm not trying to relive them because, I don't know, I kind of feel like that's... I don't feel like it's sad, really, um, but I don't think it's... I don't think... It's just not how I would want to do it. I'd much rather... I'm much happier experiencing sort of new things, and if I'm going to go back to an old place, then I'm going to do it in a different sort of form so that at least it's a, a, a new experience for me as well. But I do know that, you know, as we get older, we end up having to make a switch from the person going out and having the adventures to the person sitting down and talking about the adventures and inspiring and imparting as much wisdom as, as they can before uh, take the old dirt nap, you know what I mean? And, and I'm happy with that. I think, uh, I think that's pretty fun. You know, when I was back there on uh, that West Sale, that was a blast, being able to sort of fast track and take all this knowledge that I learned myself, you know, uh, screwing things up and breaking things and then figuring out the correct way to do them. Uh, you know, it was great to be able to impart that onto people and, and get them to a point where all of a sudden, oh, they're they're like 10 steps ahead and they're not going to have to go through all the headaches and things like that. And uh, I mean, they still will. That's that's the beauty of it. I, I, no one could just hop on sh somebody's boat and show them every single little thing that, you know, they need to do to make sure that they're going to never have any issues because the sailing world does not work like that we uh we are constantly up against challenges you know we, we've got these 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 tools these space shuttles meant for ocean travel that are always going to be getting beaten down by the environment and uh that we put them in so there's always going to have to be things being done to it and uh which I think is kind of cool. It, it it keeps things going. I think if, if you ever get in a situation where nothing ever has to be done on the boat, it would get rather boring. Uh, you have to have a little excitement in your life, I think, and uh, a little healthy dose of, oh, eh, I don't want to say fear, but a little healthy dose of like, oh man, I gotta I gotta really keep it going here. I gotta watch myself because if I don't, I am in this environment that. Uh, a human is not really meant to survive, you know. You drop somebody out in the middle of the ocean without a boat, and uh, they're not going to make it for very long before either they get eaten by a shark or they fall below the waves. Bit of a morbid thought, I suppose, but that's why we have to take care of our boats, because our boats are taking care of us. Without them, we have no, 
No chance of surviving out there at sea. <clears throat> but it is a beautiful thing, I must say. You know, dancing with the wind, I used to call it. Because that's essentially all you're trying to do. You know, you're, you're just riding that invisible force. So nice, so scary at some times, so absent at others. It is amazing looking at this lake and seeing how absent the wind is at this point. Eh, small ripples off in the distance, I suppose, but... Ah, this place is kind of like clockwork, too. We're very close to Lake Michigan. Uh, the tip of one of the arms of this lake is only maybe two, three miles from the shores of Lake Michigan. And we've had some hot weather, which typically we get affected by the sea breeze here because we're so close. And it is literally like clockwork. You could almost set your watch to it when we have a dead, flat, perfect, you know, glass lake all morning the sun is shining temps crank up all the trees and and hills and all that sort of stuff up here in northern michigan just soak up that heat the thermals start cranking sucks that cold air off of that icy lake michigan and boom we got 15 knots a perfect breeze heading down the lake and that's when you rip out on the old hobie 16 and it was cool yesterday i got to take uh Young man in charge of the guns in the riflery area out on uh, the old Hobie and throw them on the old tiller, get them on the trapeze wire, all that sort of stuff is so cool. Because, you know, I, I'm just getting back into it. It's been probably a decade since I sailed one of these boats. And so you forget. You forget some of the thrills. You know, you have that memory. Because I spent so much time ripping around on these boats because they're fast, they're fun. You know, you're in your 20s. It's all exciting and, and all that sort of stuff. But after you sail something for a long enough time, you sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say you get dulled to it, but you do a little bit. You're sort of like, yeah, yeah, I've been there, done that. But then when you introduce it to someone else, it's kind of nice because you see their excitement. You see their eyes popping out of their head when they're out there on the trapeze wire and, you know, how cool that feels and everything. And uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of interesting because it, it almost reinvigorates my excitement for being on the boat and stuff. And I don't know. It's, it's definitely cool to be able to rig this boat, put the sails up, and, like, they've been up for days sitting on that beach. I mean... You, you have to be so cautious uh, and so seamanship oriented when you're dealing with big boats and dock systems and, you know, ocean and all that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> and then to be on a small inland lake uh, that's just so protected and so nice. I'm, I'm going to try desperately not to get overconfident with it. I have to keep my eye on the weather because there is uh, nothing more miserable than Getting getting the old wake up call at two in the morning with a uh, a thunderstorm or something and having to run a quarter mile down to the beach to go derig the Hobie that your lazy butt left rigged up. <laughs> I've had to do that a couple of times. I'm not gonna lie. Not so far this summer though, because um, it has been very predictable so far and. And unseasonably warm as well, I must say. Northern Michigan's experienced a bit of heat wave. I think we're going to see temperatures in the mid-80s today, which is typical July weather. But, uh, hey, I'll take it for a, a, a May 30th or whatever it is today. I think it's the 30th. Ah, so things are good. Things are definitely good. Um, I do have, you know, it's... 
somewhere I don't. I don't know. There's some stuff going on in life right now that's not good, and that's for sure. Um, but I don't want to. I really don't want to dwell on it um, throughout this show because I it's one where it's a bit of a private issue, and I don't want to uh, expose any of you know this person and, and all that sort of stuff. But I do want to just say I wish them the best of luck, and uh, I'll be I'll be seeing them soon and get you back up and running hot out on that lake sailing around with me yes that's what we want oh man it's always it's always tough to see friends good good friends dear loved ones that uh you know end up in a bad bad spot in a bad way and sort of come crashing down um you know you can do as much as you can do for a person you can support as much as you can support but it always comes down to that person and them being able to sort of pull themselves up because what's that old thing? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Well, you got to keep that in mind. You really do. So all I'm going to say is I wish them luck and I'll be there and I am uh, ready to help out in any way, shape or form that I possibly can. Ah. <sighs> That's about all I'm going to say about that. But, yeah, so I don't know. Um, we, we're definitely going to have some some new guests coming on the show, some interesting stuff uh, to talk about. Uh, ooh, big fish just jumped. Nice. I have one of my staff down here fly fishing. I say my staff. I had one of the staff, a fellow staff member, who I think is going to be on the show as well, uh, down here fly fishing. It looks so cool the way that. Get that figure eight with that line and the sound of the wee, wee, and then you know they just nail that that lure that fly right where they want it. It's quite incredible. I uh, might have to try and pick up that skill. You know they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I guess I'm not that old yet, because I want to learn some new tricks. <laughs> I want to take advantage of every situation I have up here and. Man, oh man, I just can't wait. Now, big shout out, though. Uh, if you've been a listener to the show for a long time, you might have listened to the podcast with Adrian a long, long time ago. Gosh, it's amazing how long the show's gone on now. Uh, I think we're, we're getting into like the three-year mark, but singer, songwriter, yoga instructor, all that sort of stuff. And she's headed up here to work this summer. She's also uh, the voice and uh, the brains behind the intro to this podcast, cut from her album Deep Teal, available on Amazon and Spotify. And yeah, she's broken down. Her van is broken down, down in Alabama. She was headed up from Louisiana uh, all the way up to Michigan, full-on cross-country trip. Very similar to the one I took from Florida to get up here. But she's having car trouble, and that's always tough. So hopefully she will safely be able to get things sorted out. You know, what a weekend to do at Memorial Day. Um, tough, tough time to get uh, anything done because that's a, a day of national mourning and thinking and reflecting on those who have served this country and Ah, it is a day where I feel like everything should shut down. I mean, I had to go and, and sort of work and do a bunch of stuff yesterday, and I was shocked to see how many stores were still open and everything. Um, 
you know, I think back to when I was younger and it did seem like, you know, even on Sundays, towns sort of went real quiet. It seemed like there was more time for community, family, reflection, all that sort of stuff. And uh, it doesn't seem that way so much anymore. It seems a little more profit driven, I'm going to say. <laughs> Maybe. Could I be wrong about that? I don't know. I don't think so. But in any event, uh, yeah, hopefully she'll be able to get everything fixed up today, get back on the road, and uh, start making her way on that long trek back up to northern Michigan. And that would be very cool. So wishing her a very safe uh, journey up here. I do. Oh, I had so much fun hitting the road. I recorded a bunch of stuff. But the noise from the car, I had this rental, it was a Jeep, man, it was terrible. The AC barely even worked. It was like, listen to me griping. I could have had to walk. I could have had to walk from Florida, all right? And I've done that. It would have taken a long time. Uh, many, many months. Would have missed the whole summer. So not going to complain about it. But the car noise was a little too much background uh, for the recording. Plus, it was just this like stream of consciousness, which I think kind of could have been neat. A little similar to what I would do out at sea, um, but there was so much input as I'm driving down the road and reading these billboards and seeing all this, you know, stuff, stores, other cars, all this, all this uh, input. So I don't know. It was kind of funny. And it was it was long. I think I recorded for like two hours or something and then decided to check it and see if there was too much noise. Smart move on my part, but. I don't know. That'll be in the personal library that I can listen to uh, on my own, I suppose, when I'm old and rickety and can't remember anything uh, that went on in my life. I think that's one of the blessings that is going to come out of this podcast is, you know, I get to that age where, uh, you know, the, the old ticker or not the ticker, the, the clicker. What do you call the brain? I guess we'll call it the brain. When the brain starts to go a little bit, eh. You know, I can uh, I can just start the program right from the beginning. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll realize that it's me who's talking and telling these stories and not uh, think it's somebody else, although that might be kind of cool. I kind of wonder if, uh, if suddenly I had amnesia, didn't know who I was, couldn't recognize my own voice, and I started listening to this podcast. Would I think it's good? <laughs> Would I keep listening? Would I subscribe? <laughs> Would I become a patron? I don't know. I hope so. Oh, man. Got some word from the old Matt Rutherford. He is out there and uh, steaming his way up north already. Major boat issues. He has a great video out. I'll put the link in the description. His first episode on YouTube. He is finally doing it right. My props to Matt. He's got a guy who knows how to do the videos, edit them, put music on them, make them thrilling. And he's got him aboard the schooner. So... This summer's research uh, expedition up to Greenland, mapping these glaciers and all that sort of stuff is going to be fully documented, and it's good. I'm so jealous. Like, oh, I would kill to be able to produce content of that quality. But really, the first episode's awesome. Like, they got engine trouble. They haven't even gotten into the drama yet, you know, dealing with the crew and all that sort of stuff, but it's going to be great. Um, so definitely want to check that out. Like I said, I'll put the link in the description. He's got the YouTube channel. I think they have an Instagram. You know, Matt, if you've listened to his uh, his podcast, Single-Handed Sailing, uh, you would know that he abhors social media. Um, but unfortunately, if you're going to have a non-for-profit and do the sort of things that he does, 
uh, or he wants to do, you have to share share the experience with the greater uh, world out there. And uh, begrudgingly, he has he has finally entered that phase, and he's doing it right. So, if you uh, if you're a big fan of his and you check his stuff out, think of help and support him because it's not like my situation where I'm just trying to you know make a living from this sort of stuff. He's actually doing some good. Um, and I, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that I'm not trying to do good. <laughs> uh, besides the syntax there, uh, I'm, you know, I, I like to think that I, I like to get out there and help inspire and all that sort of stuff with the talks and the book and everything. But he's just on a different level, folks. Uh, he's out there actually trying to get scientific information and uh, help help uh, you know unravel some of the mysteries of our our climate and all that sort of thing. And and I don't know. I don't. I've never been able to sit down with him and have like a, a discussion on what he thinks is going on and all that sort of stuff. But uh, you know. Being someone who's out at sea, he gets to see a lot of the changes in the environment, changes in the weather, much like I do. And um, although we only have these teeny little glimpses of our time here, and I have a feeling the Earth works on a way longer time scale than uh, any of us realize. But regardless, he's doing some really good stuff, and uh, I think... I think if you have the chance to support somebody like that, it's uh, it's definitely well worth it. And he loves he loves doing his podcast. He loves griping on that podcast. It's actually quite funny to listen to. Uh, sometimes I'm literally laughing uh, as he's you know explaining some terrible thing that's going on. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the way he goes about it. He's really good. He's a good guy, and uh, I'm I'm glad uh, glad to know that he's uh, interested in trying to get the name out there and everything. So I'll be sharing some some more stuff on on some of my social media stuff to uh, to try and get him uh, a little bit more attention because you know that boat ain't cheap. It's big, twice the size of Sparrow, and uh, you know they they need the uh, they need the the funds and everything like that to come in, uh, to keep them going, keep them alive. And, uh, hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll find them. So, all right. Well, I would love to be able to sit and chat, uh, for another hour or so, but I have to get ready for work. Oh baby. We're putting ensigns in. Uh, it's going to be wet and wild. I'm tuning up Hobies today and, I don't know what else. I think I'm going to come up with a whole lot of projects for the rest of the team to do, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I am just thanking my lucky stars that I'm sitting where I'm sitting right now with this beautiful view. I'm going to take in every second I can of this and, uh, yeah, just enjoy. So hopefully everybody had a great, safe weekend. Hopefully everybody's gearing up to have an adventurous, wonderful summer. If you can, try and get out there, do something that takes you a little bit out of your comfort zone, a little out of the security blanket, and you'll thank yourself when it's all said and done. You know, there's two types of adventures. There's the adventures that you enjoy when you're out there, and there are the adventures that you enjoy when they're done. Both of them have their pros and cons, but I'll tell you, those adventures that you enjoy when you're done Holy cow, they are really good. Oh, I can hear people mulling around out there. Who's stealing my water? <laughs> Uh-oh, I didn't get a response. Oh, it's Jake. 
I wish I had my other microphone. <laughs> this is a little morning pod. Yeah, yeah. No worries. I'm I'm doing the wrap up right now. But oh man, I will definitely get you on the show if you'll come on. But we will see, folks. Have a great summer. Until next time. Thanks for listening.